0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, a podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, the film held in high regard by fans of DC animation. It is the third film in the DC animated universe and is based on the animated series Batman Beyond, while also serving as a continuation and resolving plot points from the new Batman adventures. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. I don't even know what your relationship is with Batman Beyond. I know that you love Batman the animated series. Did you watch Batman Beyond when it first came out?
1: It's weird. I I didn't think I did, Um, but re-watching it recently... It felt very familiar, and it felt, and I realized that I must have seen it before and just completely forgotten about it. Um, but rewatching it was necessary for me because I obviously had forgotten about it, so it felt like I was watching it for the first time.
0: Right, um, but I just mean not this film, just Batman Beyond in general, beyond. like when right, it first started. Right.
1: Okay, um, no, that that was my that my first exposure to it. Um, yeah,
0: because I remember like before. I even saw it airing on TV in the UK. They hmm. released it on VHS and it was the the pilot and I think it was feature length. And in the UK, I think in Australia as well, it was called Batman of the Future.
1: That's right. They they call it that um in the in the uh, the back
0: matter for the well the special features for the disc. But well, that's because you've got the Australian, yeah. So in right. Australia, that's what it was called. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. yeah. And but Batman Beyond is a much better title. Yeah, but that China. that was yeah, my that was my first exposure. And then I remember hearing about this film and seeing ads in the back of comics, and it was that big hmm. green Joker face, and that's right. Batman stood there, and I'm like, wow, what is this? And and it took me quite a while because it was different back then Mm. early 2000s it's not like it is now where everything's just so accessible online yeah it it was different back then listen to us really had to hunt really (laughs) had to
1: hunt to try and find something you wanted
0: yeah you really did so yeah again this movie it took me so long so i didn't realize that way back when so when this movie was used to be coming out like the everything that was happening in the in the real world Following Mm. the Columbine High School Massacre, the film received heavy edits that delayed its release from a Halloween 2000 to December 2000. An uncut version was subsequently released on DVD in 2002 to generally positive reviews. Mm. And as I said before, so the film takes place, it's during the third and final season of Batman Beyond, but then again referencing the final season of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. So I was
1: just about to ask you, that's my next question. Was this initially pitched as a proper series that would run multiple seasons, or was it always pitched pitched just as a feature film? Feature film.
0: That's what it was always yeah. going to be. I mean, remember, yep. in 92, we got Batman the Animated Series. Yes. The success of that, they made a theatrical film, Mask of the Phantasm. That's right. So they made that one, they made Batman sub zero, which was that's right. yeah. Mr. Freeze. Yeah. This one, and then I think after this, they I think the last one they put out was Mystery of the Batwoman. Hmm. Which I've recently picked up on DVD. Like, ah, it's maybe that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. It's not as good as this put it that yeah. way but there's a yeah. mystery about who is batwoman and you have to wait interesting find you out should the mention
1: identity interesting you should mention the other two other two films though you just rattled off i'm actually working my way through the the box set for uh, the animated series at the moment and packaged with the box set is um mask of the phantasm and sub-zero so i'll get to those once I've. oh really I'm is
0: is, yeah. is that right because i've got that same box set
1: yeah, it's in the box set. Uh, it's a massive box set. It's um, good, probably oh, nine discs, eight, nine discs or so. And it's in a, a slipcase and and um, over oh. two volumes on Blu-ray. Do you know what? Packaged, the movies are packaged in with it.
0: I've just realised. So I have Batman the Animated Series on DVD. Mm. I've got Batman Beyond on Blu-ray. Ah, uh, that's what the mix up is. And that's where I watched this. Return of the Joker. Although it's a Blu-ray box set, the, the Return of the Joker disc is a DVD. Because here in Australia mm. didn't actually get a Blu-ray. I think I'm getting no, that mixed up see, then. I'm... I think that's where I've gone wrong. I've just got Batman the animated Series on DVD.
1: Yeah, whereas on the other way around, I've got the animated series on 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 uh, Blu-ray, but I've got Return of the Joker on regular DVD.
0: I don't even know. So <laughs> we're, we're coming at it differently. We're coming
1: <laughs> right. Different
0: so yeah. I don't actually have Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero, which isn't relevant yeah. to the listeners at all. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's, say, let's go back to Return of the Joker. We can start with a plot. Yes. Bruce Wayne, back from his retirement, faces the Joker who was long dead. Terry, the new Batman, gives up his suit to Bruce and is ambushed by the Joker's faction. Will Batman defeat the Joker? That's the big question that's hanging over this movie. Mm. Uh, I mean, Will Friedel as Tim McGuinness. I mean, he's great. I've enjoyed his work since his Boy Meets World days back on the Mm. Disney Channel. (laughs) I've, I've been watching him for many, many years in the... Oh, what was it like? Early or mid two thousands, they did a reboot of Thundercats, and he was Lion-O oh, nice. in that. Was it as good as the original? I never saw the reboot. Do you know what? Go back and watch the original. It might be as good as you remember. I mean, the nostalgia is there. But I yeah. don't know. It was decent. Like it was the it was decent the the remake. I checked out. What was it called? Uh, Thundercats Raw. Mm. it's atrocious. That was the comedy <laughs> series. But anyway, Spicey, man sucks. Yeah. <laughs> at least that wasn't a comedy, though. But anyway, we're struggling yeah. to stay on point. Fredo so, was, was in that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, but here he yes. is in this. I mean, what we should say? Kevin Conroy, oh, Bruce yes. Wayne, Batman. Now, what we we reviewed something? Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. Conroy mm. does have a small part in that, but since we recorded that episode and recording this one, he's passed away. Like that was yes. that we was. we need to
1: separate, Yeah, we now need to sever the late Kevin Conroy.
0: That's it. I mean that that one hit me hard. That I mean for, oh, for many people. I mean, you know, people go to Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, yeah. well he's got it, man. When I when I read Batman comics, I don't hear Michael Keaton. Yeah, no, like I most hear people.
1: Conroy,
0: Conroy, absolutely.
1: Yeah, he's the voice. He's the voice we all hear when we read the comics.
0: And it's that absolutely. thing where back then, when this show came out, like it's different today. Like we're across like TV, film, comics, and we can read up yeah. on it and all of that. But it was different back then. So we'd had Kevin Conroy in Batman the animated series mm-hmm. in two thousand. We got him in Justice League. But yep. just the idea of, like, okay, we're going to keep the same actor, but now we want him to do old man Bruce Wayne. The genius the of that and the talent that Conroy had and that he could bring mm. to the role. So you could hear Batman, Bruce Wayne, from that 92 series, but at the same time you hear the age in his voice. like Yeah,
1: Conroy does a great job incredible. of just being able to convey that. To convey that that age
0: and that wisdom, that knowledge is passing down to Terry. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest. Like watching Batman Beyond, like what they had to do, like they had to give him his own rogues. Like they couldn't just have all the other villains come back. Yeah. Some did in some capacity. Joker was the big one, so I think it yeah. was the right choice to wait until they did a feature length film to have Joker. Mm-hmm. Return and returning yep. as Joker is Mark Hamill. Who is the Joker?
1: Joker voice. Yes,
0: and that's it. And again, going back to Batman '89, you've got Batman, you've got Joker. Nicholson nailed it. How can anybody follow Jack we're, Nicholson? We're not
1: talking live action here. We're talking animation.
0: But enter Mark Hamill. I mean, yeah. to me, he sounds like the Joker.
1: I mean, oh man, he's he's so Joker. He's he's he's. The way he records in the recording booth, he's not just reading lines off the page. He's actually standing up in the booth, like acting out the scenes while he's reading the lines and delivering them as if he were delivering them live action. And he acts the parts. He animates the parts. um,
0: He does. Yeah. He really throws himself into Yeah, which is amazing
1: for a voice actor.
0: Yeah, it really is. We've got Angie Harmon as commissioner, Barbara Gordon. No, hey, she's no longer Batgirl. She's now Commissioner, just like she is in the series. Commissioner Babs. We do get a young Barbara Gordon Batgirl voiced by Flashback. Tara Strong in flashbacks, which is um, usually... pretty cool.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong here, but Tara Strong has or did voice Harley Quinn for a time. Because there was an original. She has. Actress.
0: Tara Strong has voiced Harley Quinn quite a few times, but she didn't, mm. But she wasn't Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated Series. That was, was it um, Harleen no, Arkin or... or oh, yeah, oh, Arkin or know, Sorkin. Sorkin. Something.
1: Yes. That's it. She returns in this to voice Harley.
0: Right. Mm. Arlene she, Sorkin, the, that's right. So yeah, she's the, older in this of course which is very fitting and she's got her is it uh is it granddaughters dd voiced by melissa joan hart not sure so they're kind of like harley quinn but like a flashback sequence new version Mm. well ah right delia and Deirdre, also known as dd so they are Melissa Joan Hart so they were in the series and in this film so they're like the new harlequin because until there this film go. we didn't get harlequin and of course we didn't no. get we didn't get joker either you know we we need to talk about this i need to get it out of the way tim drake is in this voiced by dean stockwell when i first watched it right up until this recent rewatch Screw you, Warner Brothers. I can't believe they did this to Tim Drake. Like I remember <laughs> like reading DC Comics in the 90s. Mm. Mm. Tim Drake was our Robin. Yeah, he was. We didn't get him in the animated series. It was Dick Grayson. That's right. Oh no, they actually, in the later no, no, in the later seasons, we did get Tim, didn't we? We did in the later seasons the when it became Batman branded, and Robin.
1: The adventures of Batman and Robin.
0: Yeah, Yeah, or the new Batman Adventures. It went through a few titles. That's it. it. Right, that's it. Okay, okay. I'll let them off a little bit. It's been a while since I've watched those later seasons of Batman animated Series. But in this, though, it's revealed that there's an implant and Tim Drake is becoming Joker. It's a whole thing. I guess they had to try and find a story point without having Old Man Joker.
1: Yeah, it was like nanotech or something like that, wasn't it? And he, um, like Joker, finds a way to insert himself into the nanotech that's taking over Tim Drake.
0: And that's the whole thing. So then it's revealed that Joker is really Tim Drake or is using Tim Drake's body. Yeah, that's right. That was interesting. Yeah, I mean, he was like an old old man Robin. Yeah, and he'd retired. He was not like a Robin. But I don't don't know. I just. I've got a soft spot See, he, for Tim Drake and the,
1: Yeah. It, but in the comics, it's always Babs and um Dick Grayson who had a, a love interest. Um and they were together. But in this, for some reason, it's it's Tim and, and Babs because she he's married to her
0: or they're together. That worked out really weird. Yeah, it it is it is different. And you're always gonna get those mm. those differences. Yeah. Michael Rosenbaum is in this as hey. Stuart Carter Winthrop the mm-hmm. Third and Ghoul. So he's the the Ghoul character. A character that he did voice on Batman Beyond. Interesting. We so, yeah, we knew him as Lex. Wally no Wally West the Flash in Justice League. Ah Rosenbaum, right. Well, of course, yeah, Lex is Marvel. I was thinking, I was, thinking, I was cool. thinking animated DC. Yes, he was live action Lex, but in the animated Justice League series, he was the Flash. And there's that amazing so episode where it's a yeah. Freaky Friday Situation, style episode yeah. where Lex Luthor is in the body of the Flash, he's in front of the mirror, and he's like, Finally, I will find out the true identity of the Flash. Takes the mask off, he sees himself looking back at him, he's like, I have absolutely no idea who this is. And of course he doesn't, because <laughs> Wally West was a mechanic. How would? Yeah. Lex Luthor know. But I thought that was a great reveal. And years ago, at a con here in Perth, I got to mm. meet uh, Rosenbaum, and yep. we talked about that exact scene. Yeah, and what did he say? Oh, he just really liked it. I mean, I'm sure he's been asked it a million times to talk about that mm. scene, but we just talked about it and how cool it was. And just that whole build-up to the reveal – because that's the whole thing. Like, If you're a superhero with a secret identity, you don't want to be found out. And Lex no. Luthor, of all people, is about to find out who the Flash really is. Yeah. Not a Doesn't know yeah. who Wally yeah. West it's, is.
1: It's, it serves to show you that Rosenbaum's roots in the uh, DC universe uh, are pretty deep. They go pretty deep. I've so got a lot off. of
0: time for Rosenbaum. Like I watched um, a film yeah. today of his, that he did a few years ago, The Neighbour. Uh William Fichter um or William Fighter, pronounce his name, right. and Rosenbaum. Anyway, um, yeah, great thriller. Um, watch it today, oh. it's a good film. But I've always got a lot of time for him. Interestingly, while in the recording studio, so this is back when he was doing like various voice work for Warner Brothers, yep. he would yep. often do a Christopher Walken impression that the producers oh, thought was hilarious. Nice. Oh, when they commissioned to create this film. They wrote the part of Ghoul for Rosenbaum's Walken impression. So no that's way. why in this film, it sounds like Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah,
1: he talks all segmented like Christopher Walken.
0: <laughs> so that's it. I mean, that's so that's where the the voice comes from. I thought that was um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty cool. Uh, various other actors, you've got Henry Rollins as Bonk. Like the big nice. clown guy. Yeah,
1: well, that, that tracks Rollins himself as a great big
0: huge man. Wolf the Hyena Man, Frank Welker. I mean, why not hey, cast Robo- Scooby Doo? Robo- like, if you've got a dog character it's Warner Brothers, absolutely cast him. He also voiced Ace the Bat
1: Nice. Frank Welker, that's right, Scooby Doo. For some reason, I thought you said Peter Weller for a second. I'm like, Robocop?
0: No. No, no, no. <laughs> Frank Welker yeah I heard it wrong <laughs> during the flashback sequence in the film all of the characters appear as they did during the new Batman adventures so that came out in yeah. 97 so that's when the designs right. had changed It's it was more I don't know it seemed to gel more it with
1: like, it still looked like Bruce Timm's art it did like but it not there was like, a bit more of a dynamism more of a not dynamism like, to it
0: Batman animated series in no. 92. Like it was more no. kiddified and I guess it looked more yeah. like other shows that were coming out around at about the time.
1: time. A bit more colorful, a bit more sort of um, flashy animation style that was starting to really emerge at the time.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But again, like time wise, that's where, that's where it fit. And tonally, right. like, you know, we talked about this a little bit, like, You have the the cut version and the uncut version. Although the edited version of the film was rated PG and the director's cut version was rated PG-13, it is a possibility that this is the only film from the Cartoon Network's cartoon theatre that was a PG-13 film and the Cartoon Network's first airing of a PG-13 film. So it was yeah. a lot more mature in tone back then, and even now, like it plays darker. So although character designs are reminiscent of the new Batman adventures, tonally, it probably felt more in line with those earlier seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. The composer for this film, just like the TV show, Christopher Carter. I always remember that, upbeat, techno, Batman Beyond theme. I mean, it couldn't have been any further removed from Danny Elfman, could it?
1: No. no I'm so glad you got to that too because um, the music's a big part of the of why, I, of why I really like this film. Um, turns out that there was a turn-of-the-century new metal band by the name of Static X that I really liked um, and was a big fan of in the early 2000s. And they had a bit of an involvement um, as to the music, musical stylings of this film. They actually shot a, a film clip, uh, a video clip for it, um, and that informed, like that was on the soundtrack for the film, but that the, their sound informed the, the sort of style of music that they were going for. You mentioned that upbeat sort of techno, rock, uh, metal, sort of industrial sort of um, vibe, very much in keeping with what Static X were doing at the time, and I really loved it.
0: Yeah, it definitely did fit Neo-Gotham, didn't it? This future it worked. version of Gotham. It worked. needed, worked. It needed that distinction because that classic Danny Elfman theme, which, to be fair, mm. is the Batman 89 theme, which has changed yeah, up a little playing. bit. But Gotham was different then because it was almost like a city out of time. Yeah. You'd have old cars, old buildings, the dress as if... It was the 20s, but then yeah. they'd talk on a mobile phone. <laughs> and you're like, when is this? Like, when is this supposed to be? Yeah, what, what if... time exactly. What <laughs> timeline are we dealing with here? And, and right. I guess First... they, they made it a patchwork. So they you couldn't really tell when it was. But if you're going to set a film or series in the future, that distinction needs to be there. And, mm. yeah, the music did a lot of that heavy lifting. They used yeah. a lot of the, the use of color, you know, maybe look different but the music definitely helped it be yeah. its own thing at well, the same time up. it did feel a part of batman the animated series or the new batman
1: adventures yeah, absolutely all they're doing is bring in some techno music and some crunchy guitars there you
0: go job done um yeah Nichols, they they did plan on making some sequels a second direct to dvd film based on batman beyond was planned if this film did well Unfortunately, it did not, and the second oh. film was cancelled as a result. However, most of the major plot points of the proposed second film were used five years later to develop the Justice League Unlimited episode epilogue. Ah, there it you go. came out in 2005. I, rem- have I remember you, that. Have you seen the epilogue episode?
1: Yeah, I have. It's been a while, but I remember it. I've got it on DVD as part of the Justice League cartoons.
0: Well if people are listening and they don't know what I'm talking about epilog is the 13th episode of the second season of justice league unlimited and the 26th of the overall series it is also the second season finale of justice league unlimited which tied together and continued some plot points from batman beyond and also served as the true finale or conclusion of that series the episode focuses around batman revealing a dark secret.
1: Mm. So I
0: like that. I just like how interwoven they are, and I yeah. still haven't got to it. We haven't reviewed Justice League. We haven't reviewed Justice League Unlimited. I it's love those weird. shows.
1: One we did. I could have no, sworn no, we no. reviewed Unlimited. Oh, okay. I, I love
0: them so much. I, I really do. Yeah. I, I'm almost. Yeah, I'm almost scared of reviewing them, to be honest, because yeah, I hold it's them.
1: It's such an intimidating such, game. Yeah.
0: I hold them in such high regard. That when it comes to Justice League, those animated series and the Grant Morrison run on JLA. That is my favourite Justice League. Set the benchmark high. Just epic. Like, we've got yeah, the I original loved. seven in the first two seasons of Justice League and yeah. then Unlimited came around and that first episode is like, hey, we've got Green Arrow having a conversation with Supergirl who's just trying to And then Vic the Sage, League. the question
1: and all that. It was so All incredible. of I
0: that. It. I love it too. I love, I love it so much. One day the podcast will cover Justice oh, yeah. League. You know
1: what's going to happen. You know I just feel happen.
0: like... The best way to do it justice would be as a two-parter. You'd have to tackle Justice League, and then Unlimited as two, which is
1: great because we can episodes. then go and
0: rewatch the shows. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So this movie, if you're going to rate Batman Return of the Joker out of five, I'll come in at probably about.
1: I'm going to go three and a half. I um, like. I wouldn't say I loved it. I liked it. It was entertaining. It was good. It was great to hear the late Kevin Conroy, um, his voice again. It was great to hear Mark Hamill again, um, and get those flashback sequences. Obviously, the music was a high point for me, being an aforementioned fan of Static X. Um, but yeah, just I guess it was, I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't honestly tell you off the bat why I, I can't rate it higher or why I don't want to rate it higher. Um, I suppose just because just it's it is it is pretty jarring it's different from what we're used to with the animated series um it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination i just for me it just didn't really track like it's sort of um uh, there's something about it that just doesn't really for me warrant a five um so i think three and a half is fair for me i liked it i don't hate it I, i'm just very very middle of the road and impartial about it that's pretty much my take
0: Yeah, I think with with this, it's something that I've always liked the idea of. And, it, mm-hmm. and at one time, it was like a holy grail, like I would love to own this. And it was hard to track down in the UK, and I finally did track it down. And now I have it as part of my Batman Beyond complete box set, the blue guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was always this thing like, you know, I've seen it in the back of comics. Like, oh, I would love mm-hmm. to. Love to watch it, whether it was you know not to go back to what I said before, but just what yeah. happened in the US affecting its release, to so whether that hurt how people received it. We weren't streaming and well yeah, it, it could have, it it could have, or did people know that it was an original film because? Back then, they would have been packaging episodes of Batman Beyond where it was like Mm. a handful of episodes per VHS, per DVD. Remember, they used to do that, and they wouldn't just give you a full season. So maybe some people missed it at the time because they didn't know it was a feature-length film.
1: Yeah, what would have helped was maybe if they had introduced this in the animated series a little more just to kind of get people familiar with the with the concept before pitching it or
0: selling it as a, yeah. a standalone movie. It's just, it's different now. Like people are a lot more yeah. aware of what things are, when things are being released. But like, yeah. well, I was going to say like you, I'm going to come in a little bit lower. I'm going to come in at a three out of five, which is a recommend. And I do like this film and I've seen it many times, but mm. it does feel like... A part of that series, which is a series that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and it's great mm-hmm. that they've they found a way to include Mark Hamill as Joker. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just it's a good film, like it's nothing more than yeah. that, you know. We're, not, we're not saying it's bad. No, it's good for what it is, and again, definitely mm-hmm. recommend it. Um, I've seen it many times, I'll no doubt see it again at some point. But three, three out of five, Batman That's Beyond as a series. Hasn't been covered yet, which I was debating, do we even do return the Joker before doing Batman Beyond? Um, mm. But that's something that I think we'll get to at a later date. It's interesting, though, that the, the the animation for or the movies
1: or whatever you want to call it for Batman Beyond haven't really taken off. Uh, but yet in comics, it seems to really flourish. I mean, Sean Murphy is doing his, um, his Murphyverse books for DC at the moment, Black Label. And uh, right now he's tackling um, Batman Beyond and, and all the characters from that in his, in his comics. And that's doing incredibly well.
0: Yeah, mate. I am so glad that you just made reference to that. Hmm. They're great. Yeah, no, they I've are. Yeah, I'm really, really enjoying those. And even in the, you know, the monthly DC comics, like Batman Beyond is a thing. Like Tammy Guinness mm. is very much out there. But yes. I think people,
1: Yeah. People like the idea of Bruce, old man Bruce being a mentor to Terry. That translates really well. And people want to see that in film. I think that would work really well live action. People want but to see in, that part
0: of it. In animation, at the time, there was no better way no. than having Kevin Conroy come back exactly play right. and play old man Bruce Wayne.
1: Who, who better to do it, you know, than the Absolutely. late Kevin Conroy?
0: Well, that's it for our episode all about Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.